you want to turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 25, that's where we're going to start today. Matthew chapter 25. So we're going to talk today, I want to talk today about the topic of stewardship. Now this is, uh, when I say the word stewardship, I'm going to try to find a good spot that's not ringing, so... Uh, when I say the word stewardship, I think uh, if you've been in church a while, what do you think of right away? Money, right? You think of money, and it absolutely applies to that. But I, I want to go a little bit broader today. I want to paint with a, a, a broader brush today, and, and uh, you know, because stewardship is really not just about money. You know, it, God isn't just interested in saying, "Man, if you just have your money together, then." Everything else doesn't matter. <laughs> it's very important. Absolutely important. Your finances are important. And God wants you to have your finances submitted to Him. Uh, he wants you to participate in the kingdom of God. He wants to give you the blessing that, that you can handle. Notice that. He wants to give you the blessing that you can handle. Uh, you know, all financial blessings are not from God. Did you know that? There's a whole lot of people making all kinds of gang loads of money in the oil field right now. It has nothing. It's not necessary. I mean, it's all from him. I get it. But it's not like he's picking them out and saying, I'm going to bless you. It's just like you're working a job and they're getting paid. So there is a blessing that's beyond the worldly blessing. There's worldly stuff that just happens just because you're a human and you do a job. You're going to get paid if you do a good job. But there is something more that happens when you are submitted to the king of kings and you're living in the kingdom and you are saying, OK, God, uh, then you see what the, the abundance is. You see above and beyond, not just in finances. So the idea of stewardship is this. Basically, a steward, we don't use that word, obviously, very often. We don't we don't throw that word around. And uh, uh, so a steward is somebody Someone who has been entrusted with the care of someone else's estate or someone else's property or someone else's life even. Uh, really, the, the, word, the, the idea with, with stewardship is the word entrust. And so if you've ever heard of, have you ever heard of someone like who has a family member die and they have money that's put in a what? A trust fund. And so the trust uh, you know, is is put there so that they can have that at the appropriate time, whatever the contractual obligations are. You know, it may be that that money is dispersed at a certain amount per month or uh, or at a certain age that you get all the money. It just depends on on how that is. But basically, uh, you know, that's that's a trust. And God does the same thing with us. He in entrusts us with things and says, hey, you're going to take care of this. And so the first thing we have to do is we have to establish one thing, and that's this. Who owns everything? So we want to go to the Bible because we don't just want to say, oh, yeah, God owns everything. Just, you know, that's the, the Jesus answer in Sunday school. God or Jesus is always the answer in Sunday school, right? You know, if, do you remember that? If you've been in Sunday school, okay. So uh, go to uh, Psalm 24, verse 1. Hopefully it's first. Did we not put it in? <laughs> there it is. 
Psalm 24, verse 1. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. So we just want to go to the, actually the Bible does say, guess what? God owns everything. He's not, it's not just money, not just possessions, not just things. It says all who live in it. So you're owned by God. What does it say for a believer in Jesus? You are not your own. You were bought with a price, the precious blood of Jesus Christ. So you no longer belong to yourself. I mean, anybody get a lot of stuff for Christmas? <laughs> okay. Or not, anybody not get a lot of stuff for Christmas? That's okay. Uh, really, it's probably fine. Um, we have more in this country than most people have uh, in their lifetime at one Christmas. But, you know, here's the deal. Even at a young age, and I know I use kids all the time, guess what? Because I have kids. <laughs> I don't have any other stories to tell. So, when, you know, it's, at a young age, one thing kids learn is this. They learn what is theirs. And they learn to say these words. That's mine. <laughs> you know, when your sister or brother wants to come play with your new Christmas toy, you've got lots of toys, right? Probably, they probably turn on. <laughs> You know, whatever the toy is, you know, when we get older, some of us guys have toys that you put gas in and, you know, or you, you load it. That's a nice toy, right, for some of you all. Uh, whatever it is, it could be a toy that you do with a mouse with. But, you know, you learn to say that as a kid. You learn to say, he's got my whatever. Or she's got my, in my house it's always she, okay? Because <laughs> there's one person that's terrorizing all four of us <laughs> at the same time, somehow. Okay, that's some talent. Uh, so, the, you know, she's took my whatever because we figure out early on because we want to have our own stuff, right? We want to have our own thing. We want to have our, our own life. We want to have our own dreams. You know, it's like, this is mine. This is mine. This is mine. This is mine. Mine. <laughs> and here's the deal. Mine, 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 mine. Yeah. <laughs> My, 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 my. We're not. See, the thing is, God didn't create us to be seagulls, right? <laughs> to just go around going, my, 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 my. He said, guess what? Guess what? You get to lose everything to follow me. You lose everything. You know, we don't, sometimes don't, don't tell people that before they sign up with Jesus, and we should. We should tell people, guess what? When you come to Jesus, you get all the blessings, but you give up, you're giving up everything. You have no rights anymore. You, your plans don't matter anymore. Uh, your, maybe even your dreams and stuff, unless they're from God. Anything that's not from Him is now gone. You have given it up. You've given up your future. You've given up your finances. You've given up your family. You've given up your future. You've given up your job. You've given up everything. It now no longer belongs to you. You are now submitted to the king of kings all your life is placed under him if you want all the authority of heaven and all the blessings of the kingdom of god you have to come under the authority of god and say i'm going to give up everything and you know it's like peter in the in the in the gospels when jesus says all this hard stuff and then people start leaving and peter says lord we've left everything to follow you and he says good <laughs> you got it right peter guess what and as you follow me, you'll get, you'll get way more than you could have got on your own. But you're going to have to give up everything to follow me. Because you don't own your life anymore. 
And so you have been entrusted with your life. You've been entrusted with your relationships. You've been entrusted with a ministry, with callings, with giftings that God has given you. And he says, hey, you're going to be a steward of this. You're going to be a servant of mine to take care of what I've given you. I want us to read, read a, a parable of Jesus. That's in, in Matthew 25 that talks about, talks about this principle here. So Matthew 25, we're going to start in verse 14. This is the parable. Well, it, it may be titled many things. It's, it's a parable of the talents or in my Bible right now. It says the parable of the bags of gold uh, could be the servants. And it's verse 14 says this again. It will be like a man. This is Jesus, of course, talking about the kingdom and talking about his return too. again. It will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. So there's that word entrust. He entrusted whose wealth, his wealth to them. To one, he gave five bags of gold or yours probably says talents that's just a form of money from back back in the bible times to another two bags or two talents and to another one bag each according to his ability then he went on his journey a talent was a large sum of money too so just know that when the guy got one i mean that's like a year's salary or something it wasn't like oh you got one i'm sorry no it was a lot that was a he was entrusted with something very large So the man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me. With five bags of gold. See, I've gained five more. His master replied, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness or come into my joy, literally. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I've gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who'd received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you've not sown and gathering where you've not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. And his master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the banker so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has 10. For whoever has will be given more and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. And throw that worthless servant outside into darkness where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And you're like, oh man, Jesus, just in case you needed a reminder that Jesus was pretty serious. It wasn't all just like flowers and butterflies and like, oh, I'm going to come down and give you all these blessings. He's like, hey, guess what? There's some serious stuff in him because I need to warn you because this is really this is really an important thing. This is 
this is not just for right now. This is forever. You know, we need to be reminded that our life is not about right now. I mean, it's it's so easy to get caught up in what's right now. And God wants to continue to get our perspective to say, look, are you living for eternity? Are you living for just right now? Is it just for, you know, when I get older, I'm going to have this when I get, I'm going to do this and I'm going to I'm going to make these plans. And God says, hey, guess what? You don't ever know. You don't ever know how long your life is. We're not guaranteed tomorrow. You know, we what are we doing with what he has entrusted us with? And there's several things we can see from this parable. Number one is this. Not everybody gets the same things. And we have to be okay with that. In the kingdom of God, not everybody is entrusted with the same thing. It's it doesn't say that because the the first servant was a really great guy and that 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 the master loved him more that he gave him five. No, I don't think it had anything to do with that. He just said, guess what? I'm going to give you five. I'm going to give you five. We have to be all right. You have to be all right in the kingdom to look at your friend or your fellow family church member here and say, man, why has God given them so much? We have to be okay with that. I mean, isn't it easy to start comparing yourself with somebody else? You can look at how somebody else deals with their kids. You can look at someone else, you know, the kind of job they have. You can look at them and how, you know, oh man, their their health, whatever it might be. You can look at it and say, hey, you know, why did they get that? And most of the time, hey, guess what? It's all grace. It's all grace. It doesn't matter. It was grace for the guy that got five. It was grace for the servant that got two. It was grace for the servant that got one. It was all grace. We have to be all right that sometimes God's going to just bless somebody else. And guess what? We're in the same family. We're all on the same team. You know, there, I guess I, I, I did see online that there's like college football games going on yesterday. I'm like so out of it right now. I didn't even know there was, you know, some championship, you know, get in the championship games going on. But here's the deal. You know, when one person scores, the whole team is excited. I mean, it's not like, I don't even know, did, did Alabama kill Oklahoma or what? Uh, well, we knew that was going to happen, right? Um, so, you know, when, whoever the Alabama quarterback is, I think his name's Two or something, when he throws a big touchdown pass, you know what, you know what the place kicker does? The same thing as everybody else. The place kicker doesn't, do, doesn't go, yeah, why does he get to throw the ball? I got an arm, got a little bit of an arm. I played a little bit in high school, you know. I mean, he's not like, you know, when you're on the same team, when someone else has a victory, it's your victory. And so rather than looking at someone else and saying, man, God, why'd they get five? It'd be like, oh, man, can you believe it, God? I'm so excited for the giftings that you are releasing in my friend. Lord, I've been praying for that gift, but you gave it to them. And guess what? It's exciting that that gift, that talent, that ministry, that calling, that blessing is being used by them to bring glory and honor to you. Man, that takes a lot of humility. Because guess what? We're like the seagulls and we're like the little kids at Christmas. Give me mine. Mine, 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 mine. And sometimes you're like, man, and isn't it interesting... Here's the deal. Favor attracts favor. When you have God's favor on your life, it attracts more. Notice at the end what it says. They take the, 
the one, they take the bag of gold or the talent from the one, and who do they give it to? Do they find someone that says, oh, let's find somebody who doesn't have any? No, they say, hey, give it to the guy who's got ten. Because the one who has will be given more. Why? When you're a good steward, God gives you more. Because he's a good investor. He's a good father. He's not going to waste anything. And so sometimes we just have to say, what am I doing with what I've been entrusted? Maybe you're like, man, I just don't have much. Great, that's good news. You just have to take care of that little he's given you. You never know what's going to happen when you take care of Take care of one small thing. God says, hey, I just want you to do this. I'm going to give you this little ministry. Your ministry is going to be this. You pray for people and you never get to tell anybody that you're praying. You get to, you get to see amazing breakthroughs, but you can never say it to anybody else. You're entrusted to be an intercessor to, in the secret place to pray, and you're never going to be recognized. You're never going. No one's ever going to say thank you. You know, you're not going to get a big plaque on a wall somewhere. They're not going to dedicate a building to you. you. You're just going to pray. But guess what? When you die, when your time is up, the King of Kings will look at you and say, "Well done, well done, good and faithful servant." Come on, share share my happiness, share my joy. He's going to say, guess what? All that, all that stuff that you could have got on earth, one second of heaven's joy is worth more. You know, it takes a change of perspective. It's an eternal perspective that we've got to have. Uh, I want us to go over, there's another parable that Jesus tells. It's really similar, but it's not quite the same. It's in Luke chapter 19. Luke chapter 19, so just a couple books over. Starting in verse 11. Luke nineteen eleven. So while they were listening to this, Jesus went on to tell them a parable because he was near Jerusalem and the people thought that the kingdom of God was about to appear. And he said, a man of noble birth went to a distant country to have himself appointed king and then to return. So he called ten of his servants and he gave them ten minas. So this time everybody got the same. Put this money to work, he said, until I come back. But then it says some of the sub- his subjects hated him and sent a delegation after him to say, we don't want this man to be our king. He was made king, however, and returned home. That whole thing is there is basically the Jewish people were rejecting the Messiah. And so, you know, they, that's, that's that part of that parable. Where he's saying, hey, you're, you're rejecting whom God is sending you. You're actually rejecting the king. So he was made king, however, verse 15. Then he sent for the servants to whom he had given the money in order to find out what they had gained with it. Uh, the first one came and said, sir, your mina has earned ten more. Well done, my, my good servant, his master replied. Because you have been trustworthy in a very small matter, take charge of ten cities. The second came and said, Sir, your mina has earned five more. And his master replied, You take charge of five cities. Then another servant came and said, Sir, here's your mina. I've kept it laid away in a piece of cloth. I was afraid of you because you're a hard man. You take out what you did not put in and you reap what you did not sow. His master replied, I will judge you by your own words. 
You wicked servant, you knew, did you, that I was a hard man, taking out what I don't put in and reaping what I did not sow. Why then didn't you put my money on deposit so that when, when I came back, I could have collected it with interest? Then he said to those standing by, take his mind away and give it to the one who has ten. And then this, in this parable, people are kind of upset. They say, sir, he already has ten. He doesn't need any more. And Jesus replied, or the, the king replied, I tell you that to everybody who has, more will be given. But for the one who has nothing, even what he has, will be taken away. And get rid of my enemies, he says, and throw them out. And get them out of my kingdom, basically. So, same idea, a little bit different scenario. I don't, I don't believe this was just, this, I believe this is Jesus telling the same idea in a different way. This time, everybody received the same amount. And each one was entrusted to be a steward of what the king had given them. And it's interesting, 10 minas was uh, not a whole lot of money. Uh, My Bible says three months wages. So it wasn't like the talents were like a year's wage. There's a whole lot of money. So uh, I, I also read in some commentaries it was actually quite a bit less amount of money. So there's some dispute on that. So it, it, it's just a, a small amount of money was given to them. And so they were entrusted with it. And this is the interesting part is when you're entrusted with something small, the return in the kingdom is very great. I mean, think about this. Think about this. This guy is entrusted with 10 minus, we'll just say that's $2,000, okay? We'll just throw out a random amount, just a, just a small amount of money. So he takes care of the $2,000 and he earns a little bit more. He's, he's good with the money. He puts it to use. He, he, he does something with what has been given him by the king. And he comes back and says, hey, guess what? I've earned 10 more. He's like, wow, 10 more. And this is what the king says. Guess what? For doing that, you're in charge of 10 cities, you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. We, we, whoa. we jumped way up here, didn't we? <laughs> you know, I get, you get, you're handling a little bit of money, and then God says, boom, ten cities. The king says, hey, ten cities. See, here's the deal. That's how the test comes in the kingdom of God. God will just entrust something small with you. You think, this is not that important. This is not that big of a deal. Oh, yes, it is. It's a huge deal. You don't know that God wants you to put, put you in charge and have have, you know, have influence over this whole whole area. And all he wants to do is put you to the test. To say, are you going to be faithful with little? If you're faithful with little, what? You'll be faithful with much. So what has God entrusted us with? Our own lives. That's one of the things he's entrusted us with. He's just given you life. You don't belong to yourself. He, is, he has entrusted you. What are you doing with your life? What are you doing with the life that He gave you? What are you doing with your mental health, your physical health, your spiritual health? What are you doing with that? How are you taking care of that? You know, uh, have, you ever, have you ever rented a house? Or rented, you know, anybody rent before? It, it's a lot different, the mindset you have between renting and buying, right? You know, when when you're renting something, or you get like a rental car. Now, you can't do this with a rental car because they charge you a lot of money if you mess it up, right? So, uh, 
We'll just say renting a house. Okay? So when you rent a house, what do you do? Sometimes you go, ah, I don't need to worry about that because it's, it's not mine. Right? I mean, let's be honest. Have, or have you known people that do that? Just, let's just say you, know, you have a friend. Okay? <laughs> Asking for a friend. Okay? <laughs> Asking for a friend. Is it all right to trash my rent, rental house? I mean, you know, you that rent know this is tough. People that are just renters don't take care of stuff like owners. Because when you're an owner, you're like, this is mine. I put my own money in this. I care for this. You know, I'm invested in this. And so I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do, I'm not going to just treat this with contempt. I'm not going to treat this with carelessness. I'm going to take care of this because this is, this is mine. And so here's the deal. We need an owner's mentality, not a renter's mentality with our lives. That I'm just, oh, it doesn't really matter, you know, because this, it's not going to last anyway. No, God's like, no, I gave you this life. I gave you one life. Just one. You don't get to live over and over again. You don't get reincarnated. When you die, you don't come back as an animal or something different. No, you get one life. And you've been entrusted with it by the very king of kings. And he says, guess what? I've given it to you. And I want you to invest your life in my kingdom. I want you to invest your life in other people. I want you to, to, to learn to love people. I want you to, to pour out your life in them because you've only got one to give. You know, we've been entrusted with, of course, finances. You know, what are you doing with what God has given you? You might say, whether you've got a little or a lot, are you going to be faithful with what He's given you? That's why, here's the deal. Yeah, I think earlier in my life I would have said, oh man, that person's barely making it. They don't have much money. Uh, We better not talk about tithing or something like that with them. No! If you don't have much money, guess what? Start tithing right now. Get yourself in God's economy. You say, I don't have enough. You're never going to have enough unless you start obeying God. Unless you start walking in His kingdom. You know? It's if you're faithful with little. Guess what? He sometimes multiplies it. He sometimes jumps. Have you ever seen someone? You're like, man, why are they? Why do they have so much? Guess what? They were faithful. They were faithful with little. There's people in this church who, were, you know, they started out with very little and now God has blessed them abundantly. Guess what? Because they were faithful, faithful, faithful. They invested what they had in the kingdom of God in other people's lives and giving to the community. And guess what? God says. Oh, you, you were good with that? Hey, here's 10 cities. Here's, here's influence beyond what you could do or imagine in your, own, in your own strength. We've also been given relationships. You know, you can steward relationships. You can be, you, you're entrusted with, with people's hearts. Man, isn't that an amazing thing that God would entrust you with someone else's heart? That He would say, to, if you're married, you've got a spouse. He's saying, guess what? I'm entrusting you with his or her heart. How are you taking care of their heart? If you've got kids, you've been entrusted with children. What are you doing with your kids? How are you stewarding their lives? Are you just holding them on? Do you, and my, 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 it's all about what I want, all about what I need for them. Or are you like, okay, God, you, why did you give me these kids? Well, there's that question too. <laughs> God, why did you give me these kids? <laughs> oh man! Uh, for those of you that don't have kids, or uh, you know, God just didn't entrust you to say you couldn't have kids. 
Whew, it's hard. <laughs> just breathe a sigh of relief. Just say, man, why did, but why? Why did God say, Jake, can I use you? Jacob, I gave you Sawyer. Why do you have Sawyer? Why is Sawyer not with some other father? I mean, if you think about it like that, it can be powerful. Hey, why did... Why is this child in my life? I mean, I know we ask that question sometimes. How did... How... Where the genetics? What happened here? Who is this? Who is this person? Okay, we all have at least one of those kids, right? But here's the deal. God said, hey, guess what? They belong in the family with you. You know what? Those of you who aren't grown up yet, guess what? God said, hey, guess what? I've got parents for you. And they're totally imperfect. (laughs) They are totally imperfect. In In fact, they're incapable of parenting you like they need to without me. But what are you going to do with the parents that God entrusted you with? Because one day, the tables turn in most cases. We start taking care of our parents. And God says, look, I've entrusted them to you. So I, I recommend taking care of them now, where you don't have to start figuring it out later. Say, how am I taking care of what God is giving me? Every single relationship you have. You got friends? Why did God give you that friend? Why is that friend in your life? Steward that relationship. Take care of what He's given you. Invest in that. Ask for wisdom. I mean, again, we all know every parent asks for wisdom. Every parent is desperate for like, how in the world did you ever make it through this season of life? And then you, know, you talk to parents later, and they're like, oh, wait till you get to this season of your life. And you're like, well, I can wait. So, you know, but it, it's always, whatever season you're in, when you're in some place where you can't handle it on your own, I mean, that, you're in exactly the place God wants you to be. Because He's saying, look, guess what? I knew you couldn't handle it. I wanted to give you more than you can handle because I want you to depend upon me. I want you to trust in me. If I gave you just enough that you could do on your own, you'd never need me. So I've given you something that you can't handle. I mean, have you ever looked at your life? I mean, I do this in my life. and I mean, I've had the favor of God in my life. And I've, it sometimes it scares me. Because I go, God, why are you, why are you blessing me? Why are, you, why are you doing this? Lord, why are you doing things like this? It's not, it's not, it's not about money. It's about, all kinds, it's about all kinds of things. It's like, man, God, why, why are you giving? Why is this person in my life? Like, why are they even my friend? Like, I don't deserve this. I don't, I don't you know, I'm not, I'm not even a good friend. I'm not, a, you know, I'm not this, I'm not that. And it's like, he's saying, look, what? It's just the favor of God. But he's saying, look, I'm going to entrust you with this. It's not about whether you're deserving. He's saying, look, I'm going to make you worthy. I'm going to, I'm going to give you what you need. You know, we've been entrusted with uh, ministry and giftings and callings. Everybody has a gift. Everybody has something from God. Everybody has something in the kingdom to give. You know, God has some ministry. And you know what? Unfortunately, in the church, we've reduced ministry to things that happen on certain days of the week sometimes. And so just let that go out of your head and know, hey, guess what? If your ministry never shows up in the church building... Praise the Lord. God said, I'm going to entrust you with something that's going to touch people's lives where they're at. Because we need the whole body. We need every single person. Every single one of us is important. 
God, I only got one. Well, hey, use the one. Don't hide it. Don't hide your gift. Don't hide what he's given you. You're like, man, I'm really good at this. But are you using it for the kingdom of God? Where's the happy New Year sermon, Pastor John? <laughs> you know, I pray this year, this is my challenge. This is, I think this is a challenge from the Lord to me is like, hey, let this next year, let's, let's take care of what he's given us. Let's steward it a little bit more. Let's be a little bit more intentional. Let's, let's have a little bit of planning. You know, the guy that got 10, it wasn't like he just went like, I don't know, I guess I'll just do this. No, he's like, okay, I, I need some wisdom here. Maybe he went to somebody who's done things before and said, hey, tell me what's going on. Go to a wise person in the Lord. If you don't know how to walk through something, find someone who's walked through it before and say, give me some wisdom. Give me some, give me some insight. Look, how do, how do I make my marriage work after my kids are gone? Or how do I, how do I make it through the teenage years? Or how do I... How do I do this situation in my job where I've got this boss who's just tearing me apart and God's saying, stay at the job, stay at the job, and I don't want to stay? How do I live through that? How do I make it? Sometimes you need help, but the guy with 10 didn't just show up and just throw the money onto a cart and say, hope that, you know, I'm just going to buy a bunch of lottery tickets and hope I win. <laughs> you know, it's, stewardship is not about a lottery ticket, it's about an investment. It's about wisdom. It's about knowledge. And so what are you investing your giftings in? Guess what? We've also been entrusted with the gospel. You know, in 1 Thessalonians 2 and verse 4, can you shoot that one on the screen there? Uh, 1 Thessalonians 2 verse 4, it says, On the contrary, we speak as those approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel. We're not trying to please people, but God who tests our hearts. So here's the deal. Paul said this like 10 times. I've been entrusted with the gospel, with the good news. In other words, once you're a believer in Jesus, he says, guess what? You've got the gospel. You have the good news. What are you going to do with it? Is it just hidden away in the ground? Or is it being invested in who God puts in your life? It's a question that we're going to answer one day. Hey, what did you do with the gospel? What did you do with the good news? Did it stop with you or did it multiply? Ouch, that's a challenging question. Because we all want to hear the words, right? Well done, good and faithful servant. I mean, that's, this, these are some of the scriptures that that's taken from where people say, man, when you get there, he's going to say, well done, good and faithful servant. But he didn't say it to every servant. And here's one of the key reasons. The last servant misunderstood the heart of the king. Did you notice that in both parables, in both parables it says, I knew you were a hard man. And here's the deal. That servant missed the heart of the king. Because the heart of the king is not to be unfair, not to be unjust, not to, not to be a slave driver, not to be one who beats someone into submission. No, the heart of the king is generous because he was already sharing everything he had. And so when you misunderstand the heart of the king, many times you, you don't use what he has given you. You're, you're not a good steward of what he's given you. You know, in the book of Timothy, it says this, 1 Timothy 6 and verse 20 uh, let's put that one up, last scripture. Timothy, guard what has, 
been entrusted to your care. Turn away from godless chatter and the opposing ideas of what is falsely called knowledge. You know, Timothy was was one who'd been given ministry, he'd been given gifts. Uh, the Apostle Paul had poured into his life and... Uh, you know, he's, and he's saying, look, hey, you've got you to take care of what's been entrusted to you. And so here's the deal. We can either steward this as a renter or we can steward this as a child of God. Because here's the deal. We're not just servants. That's the good news. That's part of the good news is, hey, guess what? You're not just servants. It's not like God just says, here, do this for me. Take care of it, you servant. Do it. <laughs> Do it now. I mean, of course, in our hearts, we're servants of God. We're we're slaves of Jesus Christ. You know, we've laid down our lives. But it's amazing when God says, hey, you to lay down your life, I'm going to lift you up. And I'm going to say, you can sit next to me in the heavenly realms. And you can have authority. You can have blessing. You can have power. You can have wisdom. You can have insight. You can have a future that's beyond your imagination. But you've got to work with what I've given you. And so my prayer today for you is this, or my question is this. What is, what is something that God has entrusted you with that you're like, this year I need to steward this better? And again, it's not about performance. It's about intentionality. It's about prayer. It's about submitting it to God. It's about asking for help. Because I don't think he wants us to say, Psh, you know, the parable breaks down at some point. You understand that, right? It's a story to illustrate a point, you know. It's not like he comes and says, here, have this. See you later. (laughs) Peace out. (laughs) What did Jesus say? Hey, guess what? I'm going to leave. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. So you're never going to be alone. You're always going to have me with you. And as you walk through this, I'm going to lead you into all truth. But you have to do it. You have to do it. You have to make a choice and say, I'm going to be a good steward. So what is it? Is it the gospel? Is it your life? Is it your kids? Is it your parents? Is it your relationship? Your friends? Your calling? Your ministry? What is God saying? Hey, this needs some attention. This needs some attention because it's, it's being buried. It's, it's being hidden. It, it's covered up. Sometimes things get covered up. It's not even us covering it up. It's just life gets it covered up. We need to like dust those things off sometimes and say, Psh, I forgot about this. Hey, remember that time that God told me this and I've just, I've just kind of forgot about it. And God's saying, hey, dust it off and let's pull that bag of gold out and let's, let's use what's inside. Let's not just hide it away. Let's stand. Father, we just thank you for this time. We invite you, Holy Spirit, to establish your truth in us this new year, God, as we go into 2019. How is that even possible, God, that we're in that year? For some of us, it seems unimaginable, Lord. But I thank you, Lord, that you have appointed this year to be a year of blessing, of fruitfulness, Lord, of increase, Lord. And so we we choose to be intentional. We choose to ask for wisdom. We choose to say, Holy Spirit, show us what's going on in our lives, Lord. Let us not just wander through another year. Lord, let us not just make it through another year. Lord, let us be intentional, Lord, whether that's with our finances, whether that's with our relationships, whether that's with our marriage, whether it's with our kids, our job, whatever it is that you you are calling us to, God, and you have entrusted us with, may we use it wisely. Lord, and I thank you that you 
promised to multiply. God, you promised to increase. You promised to give that those who have will be given more. Lord, as we see favor on our lives, we will continue to see favor released in our lives. And so help us walk and help us receive and help us trust what you have given to us. In the name of Jesus, we thank you for that. Amen. Be blessed. Hey, tomorrow night we've got New Year's Eve, so don't miss that. It's just an awesome prayer time to end the year and kick off the new year. Be blessed as you go.